Our leader for tonight is Frank. All right. Hello, everybody. I'm Frank. I am a compulsive reader. Oh, God. I, I, I thank you for the privilege of doing this. Um, Don H. asked me uh, to do this, and I said yes. Um, and um, I, I, I came into Overeaters Anonymous in 2005. I just, I started my abstinence in September the 4th in 2005. And guess what? That means a couple days ago, I hit 17 years of abstinence. So I was over 400 pounds. And um, I just went to the doctor the other day and I weighed uh, 230 pounds. So I think I can show you what a picture I look like before. Let's see how this works. Can everybody see this before picture there? Um, there's me, you know, just before, you know, coming in, well, just before I got my sponsor, right after I got my sponsor, this was in 2000. I weighed, I, I stopped weighing myself at 100, and, I mean, 330, no, 380 pounds, and I kept getting bigger and bigger, and I just stopped. I just stopped. I just said, I don't want to know anymore of what, how much I weigh. And um, God, I, you know, I was just so miserable at the time. Um, my wife and I weren't having a good relationship. Uh, things at work weren't so good. I mean, you know, I wasn't feeling well, of course. I mean, I just was totally miserable. And um, what happened is I'm in another 12-step program. And at the end of that meeting, uh, this gentleman came up to me and he tapped me on the shoulder and he says, Frank, when you're ready, I'll take you to an OA meeting. And then he disappeared. And I'm going, what, what? I mean, uh, this is a relationship meeting with me and my wife in a 12-step thing. And I'm thinking, how dare he thinks I need to go to Overeaters Anonymous? Of course, I weighed over 400 pounds. But I mean, it's just the idea that, you know, how dare he tell me? But, you know, that whole thing about the seed is planted, that kind of thing. Okay. About four or five months later, I came into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. I was just so miserable. And I just woke up one day. I now down here, I, I'm in the suburb of Southern California. I, I the paper for some reason over the weekend had this page of all the anonymous programs, AA, SLA, and of course OA, that kind of MA, that kind of thing. And the over this anonymous section was blinking red lights at me. And I said, Oh my God, it's time for me to go to over this anonymous. So I that Monday. Okay, now this is the thing. The other thing that Frank does is I never do anything immediately. I always have to wait till Monday or next month or, you know, just after summer. I mean, you know, I never do it immediately. So I had to wait till Monday and I went to a meeting and there were three people there. And the one person was this big blonde lady that she was really nice. And then there were two people sitting in the corner that didn't want to be there. And they, they looked like they were upset and mad at everybody. And I'm going is this Overeaters Anonymous? And this blonde lady got up and hugged me and said, welcome home. And, you know, here's some literature. And she's very, you know, I don't know, upbeat. And uh, 
Of course, I didn't hear anything that anybody said in that meeting other than, you know, try five or six meetings and find one you're comfortable with. And so the next night I tried a different meeting and it was a different meeting in a different place. And there was like eight people there. And this was totally different. They seemed to have some structure and people were sharing. Uh, Frank being very judgmental, me, I didn't understand the whole idea behind Overs Anonymous. What I wanted was the diet and then I wanted to get out. I wanted to lose weight and I didn't know how to do it because every time I lost weight, as soon as I stopped whatever I was doing, I gained it back and more. I gained, I mean, I did, you know, all sorts of diets. I did gyms. I had doctors, you know, they gave me pills. I mean, I did everything I could and I lost weight and then bounced back up. And so I remember one time the, uh, neighbor next door my wife and I were talking to the neighbors and the neighbor wife looked at my wife and said why do you let them eat that way like she could my wife could control what I put in my mouth you know I I, I was a sneak eater you know I never really ate in front of anybody I ate in the car I ate at work I did all that kind of stuff in secret and you know Frank was the shame I would if I hit the vending machine let's say and I got something out of the vending machine before I threw the wrapper away in the trash I'd wrap it in a paper towel and throw that in the trash because heaven forbid you look in my th trash bin and see all these wrappers right so I I couldn't do that you know if I stopped on the way home I, I'd stop on the way to work I mean you know all that kind of stuff I was just miserable you know so I hear I go to Overeaters Anonymous and, you know, I buy one book, the Overeaters Anonymous book, the brown book, and I'm going to one meeting a week and I'm not doing anything other than I read the book in like, you know, a couple days and I said, how come I'm not abstinent? And it's because I wasn't doing anything. And, you know, there's that weird slogan that says it works if you work it. And I wasn't doing anything other than binging before the meeting. And then, you know, sometimes even binging after the meeting. And then, you know, they kept talking about sponsorship. And I said, okay, I guess I can find the sponsor. So it took me a few months. And then one day I just said, I got to do it. And I found the man sponsor that I could ask. And you know what? It changed my life. It really did. Of course, I didn't know at the time I thought... He, this guy was an idiot. No, most sponsors are not idiots. It's just my judgmental being here. But I mean, it was like he he would turn around. And, you know, we're talking the thing about how I'm going to do the program. He asked me how many meetings I'm going to, what literature he want me to buy. You know, he asked me to make a a food list. You know, he called them alcoholic foods. He goes, I want you to write down all your alcoholic foods, the ones that if they're in the house they call you, right? And he says, and I want you to make a semi-alcoholic food list. And I go, what's a semi-alcoholic food? So he goes, well, let's say you have milk and then all of a sudden you went to cookies, you know, that kind of thing. Or you eat peanut butter and you can eat it all the time, just fine. But then one day you eat the whole jar. That's a semi-alcoholic. And then he says, there's that stuff you don't care about. I mean, you know, if there's broccoli in the refrigerator, do you go binge on that? Or, you know, that kind of thing. And I said, okay. So I, you know, we're talking and this was on the Labor Day weekend. Remember, this is, we had just Labor Day. Well, and so I'm thinking about all this stuff. And he said, you know, I want you to write this list up for me. And, you know, what the one thing we haven't talked about is when you're going to start calling me and I want you to call me every day. And I'm going, okay. 
I can call you every day. And he, he says, you know, I have 5.30 open. And I'm thinking, well, that's not too bad. I get home at work about 4.30, 4.45. I can call him at 5.30. He said, 5.30 a.m. And I go, what? You want me to call you at 5? You know, I didn't say it out loud, what? I mean, I just looked at him. And I mean, they're just on the phone. And I'm going 5.30 in the morning. And then he said, you, you have to call me at 5.30 because I have people in front of you and people after you every 15 minutes. Time? Per se? Okay. Yep. And so then um, I said, what kind of idiot is talking to people about food at, eight, at 5 o'clock in the morning? But I did it. I started calling them the next day at 5.30 in the morning. And see, that was the one thing I didn't understand because he, he told me to make this list. He actually told me to make the list and then email it to him. And we start talking about it the next day. Now that was Labor Day weekend. And, you know, it's like my wife and I were about to go have a meal and then go see a movie or something in that realm. And I got home and then I was up a couple hours making the list and emailing it to him. And that started the next day. I started working on that abstinence with him. And, you know, for some reason, I was able to follow the, the meal plan that he set up for me. You know, I gave him the food list. And my big thing is potato chips. I had bags of potato chips. We have Costco in California, for some of you that don't know this. And Costco has everything in 55-gallon drums. I mean, it's gigantic stuff. And I used to buy bags of it and have it on the refrigerator. And I'd come home from work and I'd take one down. I'd turn around and turn the TV on and I would just eat a bag of potato chips every night. And then on the weekend, I'd go buy five or six more bags. I'd stick them up in the refrigerator and I'd do that every night, every, every day. And my wife would come in to talk to me and I'd go, can't you see I had a hard day at work? Get away from me. And I would push her away. I mean, I was just an a-hole. I mean, I was just not the nicest guy. Okay, so I'm working, I start working the steps, I do stuff, my sponsor get, keeps giving me more things to do. I Down here in the South Bay, in the, in the inner group we're in, they have this uh, newsletter called the Free Flight for Overeaters Anonymous. And, you know, one day he tells me, Frank, you got to come to the inner group meeting with me. And I said, okay. So I showed up at the inner group meeting, and the inner group meeting, they're, all of a sudden, they're, they're turning around and say, okay. We need somebody to be the editor of the free flight. And my sponsor says, raise your hand. So I go, what? And I raised my hand. And little did I know for three years, I was going to be the editor of the free flight letter down here in South Bay. And then he would do stuff like, Frank, we, that meeting needs some free flights. You know, go take 25 free flights to that meeting and go over there and drop those off to that person over there. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking... Well, if I'm the editor, why don't they come to me for the free flights? Why do I have to keep, you know, flying all over Southern California to give these free flights? You know what? Two or three years later, I look over my shoulder and I realized what he was doing was he was showing me that there were meetings that I needed to go to. Okay. So I lost some weight. I got, I reworked the steps with my sponsor and I started doing service. And you know, what happened to me is about four or five years later, my wife actually came up to me and said, you know, Frank, you're a kinder person than you were before. And I was just, I, I don't think I changed, but then I guess I did. And because I, I wasn't, I wasn't in the food fog, you know, I wasn't pushing everybody away. And then I started realizing, you know, because when you get down to step nine and you start having to make amends to things, you know, that kind of stuff, 
Um, one of the things that my wife pointed out to me, which I didn't believe at the time, was that I would treat my my mother like a four-year-old. She goes, you know, your mom, you treat your mom like a four-year-old. I go, no, I don't. She goes, yes, you do. I go, really? So, you know, one day I'm sitting with my mom at her house and I'm going, mom, I'm going to ask you this question. And I know you're probably going to say, no, it's never going to happen. But she goes, I go, do you ever treat you like a four-year-old? And she looked at me and she goes, yes, you do. And I felt about that big, right? Because here I am. I think I'm I'm much better now. But see, I had caused all this trouble as I was in my food. See, and that's the thing. I, I never thought I was hurting anybody but myself, right? It's it's only me that I'm putting the food in. I'm not hurting my wife. I'm not hurting my family. I'm not doing anything to work. But you know what? I was causing a lot of problems. And when I found out that I was doing that with my mother, I realized I was probably doing this with people where I work the same way, okay? I was treating people like they're four-year-olds. And, um, you know, I I know I got better because I when I finally retired, this um, this manager came in and started talking to me one day. He goes, you know, Frank, all the people in the in the building, they come and sit and talk to you sometimes. You know, your door is always open and you sit and talk to people. And I go, yeah. And he goes, nobody comes and talks to me. Now, what I wanted to say to him, because I'm very judgmental, is because you treat them badly. But the way I looked at it is I just said, you know what? It's because I no longer, it's... There's a thing that people say sometimes in the programs I go to, you know, uh, not my not my monkey, not my circus, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't get in anybody anybody's business, you know. If they want to talk to me, I listen. I don't try to tell them what to do. You know, my biggest problem is not so much that I have feelings and, you know, anger or I'm sad or depressed or whatever. It's what I do when I have those feelings, okay? And in the, in the old Frank, what I used to do is stuff my face, okay? I used to binge. I used to hide. I used to just... <sighs> hmm. So let's, let me tell you some stories. And I'll tell you some stories about like sharing and stuff like that. I got I, one thing I, I used to share about how I would turn around, I buy like chicken. And I'd be driving along and I'm trying to eat the hot chicken in the car. And I don't know what to do with it because it's too hot, right? You can't put it in your mouth and whatever. So I roll the window down and I have the chicken out the window and I'm driving down the freeway with the chicken out the window. Okay. And so like I share this at the meeting, you know, and this one guy comes up to me and goes, you're doing it all wrong. And I go, I am? He goes, you just turn on the air conditioner and hold it by the vent. And I go, oh, I never thought of that. And see, that's that whole thing about Orbers Anonymous. I'm, I'm, it's, this is a family. And we all have problems and we all dealt with it different ways. The other thing is, they, my sponsor always said, identify with the people. Don't try to compare. And so there was this lady one time who turned around and was talking about how she was an anorexic. And she said that she had these pair of jeans that if she could fit in them fine, there was it was no problem. But if they started feeling tight, she'd start eating lettuce. Okay, she wouldn't eat anything until she got to the point where the jeans felt right. And you know, it reminded me of a time in high school, there was a dance. And I wanted to go to this dance and I had a pair of corduroy jeans that I said, oh, if I can get in those corduroy jeans, I'm gonna go to that dance and I'm gonna have a wonderful time. 
And I remember that in my head with that feeling of like, okay, and I dieted like crazy. You know how people starve themselves. I starved myself. I got in those corduroy jeans and I went to the dance and you know what? I had a miserable time because I was a miserable person. Okay. Then that's that whole thing of like, at least for Frank, you know, if, if, if somebody else is, you know, diets and they're, they look good in the outside, they also feel good on the inside. Well, Frank, I could look good in the outside, but I still feel miserable in the inside. I didn't have that connection with my higher power. And so today, um, you know, I have sponsors. I mean, my first sponsor after about 10 years, he passed away. And I got a, thank you. And I, I got a second sponsor and then I kind of lost him in the pandemic, you know, that kind of thing. And then I got a new sponsor. And what I did is I went and found one of the people that my first sponsor sponsored. And I asked that guy to be my sponsor. So, and you know, he did the same thing. He started me on the steps. He started me doing stuff just the same way the other one did. And you know, I, it's amazing how I say to myself, you, you're doing this wrong. But see, that's that whole thing. When I start doing what I think is right, that's when I start eating. You know, I cannot tell myself what to put in my mouth. I can't tell myself. I, I just can't. If I've left in my old devices, I'll gain 400 pounds. I'll get the four over 400 pounds and I'll be miserable again. So I take direction. So what I do every morning now is I get up and I say my prayers. I make myself a cup of coffee, and then I go sit in the dining room table. I pull out my literature. I read my literature. I say my prayers. I write something down from my sponsor uh, in OA, and then I turn around and call sponsees, and I call my sponsors. And by 10 o'clock, you know, my day has started very well. And uh, to, like I said, I weigh I weigh 230 pounds, and you know, I'm doing okay. And my sponsor pointed out today, I, for those you guys don't know, because you you don't know me, but uh, a little over five years ago, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Okay. And I don't know why I'm still alive today. Uh, at the time, the diagnosis was maybe I'd go nine months. Well, I've been here over five years. And, you know, so five years ago, if I had weighed over 400 pounds, I don't know if I'd still be alive. I'll be honest with you. Okay. So, you know, losing weight, finding a way might have kept me going. I don't know. And, you know, I guess I don't have to know. All I have to know is that in, when I get up in the morning, I make my, I do my prayers. I do my reading and writing. I call my sponsees or they call me and I call my sponsors and I start my day that way every day. And the one nice thing about the going, getting out of the pandemic is I started going back to face-to-face -face meetings, okay? And uh, tonight, I am not at a face-to-face -face meeting because I'm here tonight. I made a promise to Don that I would come to this meeting and share with you guys. I, I don't know how to explain. I mean, I've worked with new newcomers. I've worked with, I've worked with people that have had much more time in the program with me than me and yet you know they've asked me to sponsor them and you know i feel like mm. but my sponsor always said frank you just share your experience strength and hope 
you you lay out what they're they're supposed to do and then hopefully you help them just don't make it any worse okay be kind and loving be supportive but you're not a marriage counselor and you're not an atm that's what he always told me so i you know i said okay that's fine i'm not i will not be a marriage counselor or an atm and uh you know i have i have sponsees i had one sponsee in the in i got my cancer and uh you know i wish i mean i would go to some meetings and i'd cry i mean i'm thinking i'm gonna die in a few months or something and this one guy came up to me and asked me to be his sponsor and i'm thinking doesn't he know i have cancer why are you asking me you know what that little voice in the side of my back of my head when i've got when i deal with people I just said, you say yes. And I said, yes. And I took on a sponsee in, in the, when I started my cancer. And you know what? He's still my sponsee and he helps me because he gets me out of myself. I'm not worried about Frank when I'm dealing with my sponsees. I, I sit there and I listen to him. Okay. I've had sponsees where I fired and they still call me and I'm going, what are you calling me for? I thought we got, I thought we, I fired you. He goes, well, you know, I used to binge like for two months when I started binging. But when I talk to you, I can only I only binge a couple of days. Is it all right if I keep calling you? And I said, yeah, keep calling me. And I've talked to him. I've dealt with Wilman. I, I sponsor pretty much. See, that's the other thing. My sponsor always told me I have no control of who's going to ask me to sponsor them. OK. Now, it's, it's just one of those things. It's OK. I just remember when I finished my fifth step with my first sponsor, he said, Frank, I want you to raise your hand and I want you to say you, you're, you're, you can sponsor people. And I said, okay. And I'm thinking out loud. I don't know why I'm doing this. And I'm saying stuff like, well, let's see if my sponsor can handle 10 people. Maybe I can handle two people or, you know, whatever. And then, you know what he told me? He was cracking up. He just looked at me and he goes, Frank, nobody's asked you yet. And I said, okay. <laughs> you see, that's me getting ahead of myself. You know, it took over a year before somebody actually came up and said it and asked me to be their sponsor. And, you know, I've been very fortunate with everybody that I've ever worked with because they've helped me save, stay abstinent. They've helped me get closer to my higher power. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like the more things I can get out of the way and get that connection with my higher power, the safer I am, the, the stronger I am. And the stronger and healthier I get, the more people I can help. And so, you know, this, my cancer is starting to raise its head again and the doctors are looking at me again. You know what? I'm still not overeating over it because the last time I got the doctor told me something like, you know, Frank, we're gonna have to run all these tests and do all this stuff. You know, on the way home, I saw a donut shop and I said, wow, you know, a dozen jelly donuts right now would be pretty good. But then I heard that little spot, my sponsor tell me, you know, Frank, maybe you can have the jelly donuts, but can you not have them today? And, you know, I didn't have them that day. And then I realized later in the day that I'd eat the jelly donuts, and but it wouldn't take my cancer away. It wouldn't make me feel better. And I'd lose my abstinence, you know, and then I'd have to say goodbye to all my sponsees. And I didn't want to do any of that. I want to stay connected to this program as much as I can. And you know, I have a good life. I really do. Uh, today I did some more physical therapy. You know, I'm up and about. My wife and I, we drove around, we did stuff. I mean, hey, it's it, you know, some people say, oh, if it's not a nice day, 
you know, I was, I'm, it's, you know, it's depressing. I, Frank, when Frank wakes up, Frank thinks every day is a nice day because I got another day. Okay, I got another day to enjoy. And you know, that sponsor asked me one time. He goes, Frank, what do you think your purpose in life is? And I'm going. Where do you get that out of the big book? What do you mean this purpose in life stuff? You know, that kind of thing. And he said, Frank, think about it. And we talked about it and talked about it. And I, this is what I came up with. I don't know if it's good or not. But at the time I said, I got to figure out how to enjoy whatever God puts in front of me today. Okay. Because that's what it is. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know there's something good that's going to happen out of everything that happens today. And the last thing my sponsor told me he, before, I mean, he, he started getting sick. He, he said, Frank, as long as you can put your head on that pillow at night and you're asking that you had a good day. And see, that's the way I look at it, too. I mean, I, I just have another good day. And, uh, you know, I'm drinking my coffee here today with you guys. And, you know, wow, One minute. Can, thank you. I can see there's like almost 50 people on here. And I don't know. I don't know what else I can tell you other than this program worked for me um, because I had to do some work. And, um, you know, I no longer had bags of potato chips on top of the refrigerator. Um, I no longer sneak eat food. Um, you know, and I, I want to stay healthy. I, I want to I grow. And if that means, you know, reading more literature, I'll do it. If that means making a, picking up the 500-pound phone call, then I'll do it, you know, and make that. And, and just do the best I can every day. Anyways, um, I hope I help somebody in this room. Uh, I know it helped me. So anyways, thank you for letting me share.